Morning, how are we doing? Doing good, good to see you. We haven't met, my name's, and I've met most of you, but my name's Rashad, one of the pastors here, and um, if you're new, welcome. If you're returning, welcome. If you're a regular, good to see you again. And um, yeah, it's 2023, oh man, God is good. Um, I don't know about you, but oftentimes, um, when a new year starts or a new endeavor is being pursued, I have like one gear, go. Um, it's either <laughs> like kind of like a golf cart, like it's either go or, or, or nothing, right? And so um, I don't know how you're um, entering this new year. You might be entering it in, in go mode. Like I got so many things to do, so many things to accomplish. And I want to be um, that lifeguard who says, walk, don't run. Um, in other words, how I want us to start our year is um, not running crazy after goals, not running crazy after everything that we want to achieve and leave no room left for God. Are you with me? Yeah. And a matter of fact, I want to I want to kind of inverse our approach to the new year, and um, want to to spend it focusing on how we're going to walk with God rather than what are the things that we're going to run after. Um, and I know that that feels counterintuitive. It feels counterproductive for the productive person in the room. <laughs> um, why would I enter the year and slow down? I need to enter the year and go faster. The fiscal year is coming to a close. My semester is coming to a close. I'm about to graduate. Um, and it's easy to, to, to rush and spend and try to get through stuff. And um, we want to flip that and say, let's slow down and be with God. Are you with me? And I and I just I just want to say this as somebody who works for God, right? That it's easy to like, what am I gonna do for God this year? What are all the things I want to accomplish? What do my other pastor friends want to see me do on Instagram and all these things? And I just felt like I heard from God over break, like, walk with me. And so you're like, well, what's this passage on Enoch? I've never heard a sermon on Enoch before. It's a very short, obscure passage, um, which we will get into. But Eugene Peterson says, says this. He says, I know I can't be busy and pray at the same time. I can be active and pray. I can work and pray. But I cannot be busy and pray. I cannot be inwardly rushed, distracted, or dispersed. Who has felt spiritually distracted? Who's felt spiritually rushed? Who's felt spiritually dispersed as they enter this new year? And so what you're not going to hear as we talk about walking with God is a list. You're not going to hear a list of, of what you should do, what you can do. Like It's not going to be a list of can-dos, should-dos, um, but it's going to be a posture of being with God. It's going to be a to-be posture. What does God want you to be? He wants you to be with him. You with me? It got real quiet. <laughs> and we want everything to come from that posture. Bob Sorge, um, one of my favorite books, is called Secrets of the Secret Place, says this. The wisest thing you'll ever do in this life 
is draw close to God and to seek him with your whole heart. Here's one thing that I've realized the longer that I've walked with God, that spiritual maturity happens in the slow and in the steady. Right? This, it's a journey, not a conquest. And I know, listen, I play football. Listen, I'm about conquest. Like, we're going to destroy this. I'm going to destroy spiritual disciplines this year. I'm going to destroy being with God this year. And it's like, listen, I, I get it. Um, but I want to say this is, it's, it's slow, it's steady, it's a seed. Like many said, it's, it's a step. And I just want to encourage us this, to start this year as we take a step towards God. You with me? And so what better example than to talk about a man who lived 365 years? <laughs> Talking about slow and steady. And 300 of those 365, he walked deeply with God. And so we, we use this word walk today. Here's what I want you to hear. Attentiveness and intentionality. And so when we say that he walked with God, we're talking about he was attentive and he was intentional. And so um, when I think about walking as opposed to driving or taking the bus or taking the train, when I walk, a couple things happen. I, I get my steps on my, on, my, on, my, on my watch. No, that's a joke. <laughs> I do, but I... Um, <laughs> Here's, here's a couple of things, though, that happen. Um, I, I, I realize and have to recognize I'm not going to get very far. <laughs> that if I choose to walk rather than drive or hop the bus, that it's, this is going to be a slower journey. That I'm not going to accomplish everything that I, that I wanted to do um, because the purpose of walking is different. Um, two, um, I notice a lot more when I walk. Um, there becomes an increased appreciation to the things that I thought that I was familiar with. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and for that to happen, I have to simultaneously um, let my heart coming to a walking pace as well. And I have to have my walk change my heart, um, realize there's a different purpose that we're looking to accomplish in this space and time right now. Are you with me? So whenever I move into a neighborhood or I move to a new city, the first thing I do is I walk it. And I, I, I mean, I'm not a country person. So don't get that at all. But I do. I, but I will walk to, to, to know my surroundings and to, to connect with God. And so I'm going to take a different street to go down a different alley, find a secret passageway or something. And I'm just like, God, like, what are you, um, what are you doing here? Um, what's, what's your heart for the city? Tell me about this neighborhood. Tell me what, what you're up to. Um, help, me to help me to see my neighbors and things that I, didn't, that I might not have noticed by driving by, by moving at the pace of the speed of light. Um, and, then, and I do it over and over again. I walk it. I walk it like I talk it. I walk it out. <laughs> now you can't get it out your head. Walk it like I talk it. Um, anyways. <laughs> anyway. And because um, we, we live in a world where we can hop on a jet and be on the other side of the world in the same day. We live in a world where we can hop on a train and be in five of the most biggest cities in America. We can hop on a spaceship and go to another planet. Like, pretty soon that's going to be the norm. Maybe. I don't know. Um, debatable. But I'm just saying, we're after it. Like, and that's like the pace of, of our world. And that pace can creep into a relationship with God where we want to rush things with God. Do you feel it? You're like, I know I should be with God. And I just... 
need him to speak to me in five minutes because that's all I'm allotting right now. And it is not that five minutes isn't bad. It's just like how you're entering the five minutes, you can't even be present with God in that moment. So I want our, our imagination to shift in what God finds compelling. And what God finds compelling is not necessarily your accomplishments. What God finds compelling, according to this passage, is people who walk humbly with him. In Genesis 5, we have a list. If you look at it, it's a list of people that, who have lived and died. Nothing else is said about them except the duration of their life and their genealogy. And then we come to Enoch in verse 21. Enoch appears in this genealogy. And in verse 22, it says, Enoch walked faithfully with God. This is, this is important that, that the author, that the writer, that God wants us to see about this person, Enoch. And so um, walk here is, I'm going to mess this up, it's the Hebrew word, hithpeah. No, she said, nah, not really. But anyways, I'll write it down for you if you want it. <laughs> um, it's a, an intense action performed in relationship with someone else. In other words, Enoch walked in fellowship with God, and God walked in fellowship with Enoch. That both parties, both Enoch and God, were pleased in how they were walking together. It denotes intimate fellowship almost to the point of to live with, as one commentary says. So hear that, like Enoch walked with God, Enoch lived with God, Enoch was in a pleasing relationship with God for 300 years. So think, I want you to think about people that you've walked with in life, either physically or, or, or metaphorically, a, a friend, a mother, a spouse, and when you walk with someone, it's not usually out of duty, it's out of relationship, you don't walk, here's the thing, you don't, do you walk with your spouse or roommate or your friend or your kid and, and, and interview them and get all formal with them, right? And sometimes when we talk about walking with God, like this formality comes in where you think like, I have to be like a robot and I have to tell God what I think he wants to hear right now. And God is like, I actually just want to walk with you and I want you to be yourself. And when you walk with someone that you're in relationship with, you say, how are you doing like what do you like? Like what do you like? What do you what do you care about? Man, isn't this walk beautiful? Are, are you enjoying what you're experiencing? How how are you feeling? And you you do it for connection. You do it because you want to grow closer, not because you're looking to do the next thing. Man, listen to the podcast. Tell me you got to hear that part over again. And sometimes I, I'm. I can be guilty of this where I'm walking with my family. I go, we got to be the first person to that, to that ride. We have to be the first person in that park. We got to be the first person in the Slurpee line. I mean, you know what I mean? You're just like, we got to get there. We got to get there. We got to get there. And then you look back at your pictures and go, oh, wasn't that great? And I go, but was I there? Come on, somebody. We walk with God to grow closer to him, not to get to the next thing. See, what God is pointing out by saying Enoch walk with him is not to show, look how awesome Enoch is, look how superior he is, look how bad you are. I believe he gives us an example of Enoch to give us an invitation to say, I want to walk with you. God wants to walk with you. 
and he wants you to walk with him. Sometimes we hear, if you've been around the church long enough, you hear these phrases like, how's your walk with the Lord? How's your walk with the Lord, sister? How's your walk with the Lord, brother? And, um, <laughs> and some of us here are like, I know what you're doing there. I don't like it, man. You're judging me right now. Um, <laughs> and what we hear sometimes when we hear that, that phrase is, uh, how are you doing with the list? How, how's the list going? How's the, how, are, how are the do's and don'ts going? Um, but when we talk about our walk with the Lord, I want you to hear the heart of it. Here's the heart of it. Does God have your attention? Does God have, does God have your attention? It doesn't mean that everything is, is perfect. It doesn't mean that you're getting everything you want, but that the nearness of God is an anchor for your soul in turbulence. One commentator says this, in the midst of the chapter's rehearsal of the life and death of the patriarchs, one man's life stands out as qualitatively distinct. Enoch is described twice as one who walked with God. It is language that indicates intimacy, integrity, and obedience. I mean, we're not talking about quantity, people. I'm not talking about quantity. I'm not talking about the list. I'm talking about qualitative. Man, does God have your attention? Does he have your honesty? Does he have your openness? Can he go on a walk with you and you say, God, here's how I'm really feeling. Here's really how my day is going. Here's really how I feel about how you responded to my prayers this year. God wants a relationship with us. And I know that sounds so basic. I know it sounds so simple like Sunday school class, but it's actually everything. And so many of us, including myself, get caught up in what am I doing for God instead of how am I being with God? I, I can do tasks for you all day long and not connect with you personally. I can, I can set stuff up here. I can do the dishes. Maybe I'll do the dishes. Um, and not, I can do things and not be with you. And the, the heart of walking with God is being with him. Remember um, the good old dating days, because we just celebrated 20 years, people. Let's go. Um, <laughs> and so I ref I'm reflecting on the dating days. And um, I mean, we did gifts, but that's not what I remember most. Um, I did things for my now, my now spouse, but um, that's not what I remember most. What I remember most is sitting together in the comments and sharing our hearts. Um, asking, how, how was your day? How was, how was class? What are you looking forward to? I remember the days, just calling to say hi. We use these things called telephones. They used, they're into the wall. They had this little cord on it, people. <laughs> Every dorm room had one. I'd call, hey, it's me. Um, this is what Enoch and God did. There we go. We got heat. Um, one commentator says this, the phrase walk suggests that Enoch and God got along. It means, so to get along with somebody, you have to be in proximity with them. To get along with somebody, you suggest that you're probably in some type of relationship. And Enoch and God were in proximity and were in relationship with one another. Amos 3 says this, do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? You can't walk with God unless you agree to meet with him. With me. Enoch was so caught up with God that.
that God caught Enoch up. Hebrews 11, it's, it's called, um, like, you know, yeah, there's a hall of fame in sports, so this is called, like, the hall of faith. And it, it lists all these amazing people, um, people that did amazing things, amazing people, too, in, in the Bible. Enoch is mentioned in Hebrews 11. It says this in 11.5. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Enoch was so caught up with God, he didn't die. The God, there's only two people we see in the whole Bible that don't touch just Enoch and Elijah, and God catches him up. Another writer says this, by taking Enoch up to glory, God wasn't trying to get us impressed with Enoch's piety, nor, God, nor was God saying, if you get to be as, beautiful, as spiritual as Enoch, you'll get translated up to heaven too. This was a unique experience God used to emphasize a specific point. God's point was, I love to walk with humans. Enoch was the first man to truly walk with me, so I've decided to highlight his example by doing something extraordinary with him. I took him up to paradise to underscore how much I value and desire a daily walking relationship with my chosen ones. When God re rewards, when it says that God has rewarded, when God has done something, it's to reveal his heart. It, so when God says, I, I'm taking Enoch into heaven, this is a reward. This is, this is an honor. He's saying, because I love when people pursue me. I love when people walk with me. This is, this is a, a, this points us to what the kingdom of God seek all these things. Seek me and all these things will be added onto you. Matthew Henry says, Enoch walked with God as if he were already in heaven. I, rem I remember before I was a Christian and um, I always knew, like, I came to Christian when I was 21, I always knew like, okay, God, God's real, like, of course he is and I'm, I'm sure that I would like to spend eternity with him, but just not right now. <laughs> I want I to kind of do my thing, and right before it's time to depart this earth, then I want to like say, hey, God, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Because I'm <laughs> I want to do my own thing until the last second. And I wonder how many times in our lives, even our daily walks, we're like, I kind of want to do my thing, and then I'll kind of get to God later. And I think God is saying, walk with me first. Pursue me first. This is the most important and wisest thing that you can do in your life. Have you ever had a moment where you said to yourself, have you been in a moment, is it an amazing moment where you've said to yourself, I wish this moment would never leave. I wish this moment would never end. Maybe that was your break, summer warm. I hope this never ends. <laughs> and, in that, and, then, and when you're in those moments, you, don't you lose concept of, of time and task and worries and anxieties and cares? Because when you're in those moments, you go, this is what I was made for. This is what I was created for. And there's a time when you walk with God where you begin to experience him in ways you haven't experienced him before, where you go, 
oh, this is what I was made for. Oh, this is, this is really good for me. Oh, this is what you mean, God, when you said to walk with you because you have stuff to tell me and you have stuff that you want to reveal to me that I was never going to get on my own trying to do my thing. You with me? There's, there's a moment as we walk with God that we begin to realize that he just wants us to, to be. That he wants us to, to be with him and kind of wade in, in his waters and allow him to transform our affections and desires and motivations. And like that waiting, that's what pleases God. Like that's what pleases God's heart because what pleases God's heart is when we want him. Because I know it's easy to think like right now, like what could I do differently? What could I, what, how could I reorchestrate my week? And that's fine. But at the heart of this is what pleases God is when you want him. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's, that's, that's our word for the day, delight. That we would delight in, in, in God. We go, man, God, I, actually, I, I want you. I want to spend time with you. I want to hang out with you. When God calls Abraham, and we'll talk about Abraham in a couple of weeks, he tells Abraham, I am thy exceedingly great reward. We're not called to follow God to get to something else. We're not called to God because we're trying to get somewhere else. We're trying to attain something else. All the something else's are pointing us right back to God's heart. God is um, not our spiritual Uber driver. <laughs> Come on, right? Just take me where I want to go. Don't talk to me. I'm gonna, I want to... I'm distracted, got my AirPods in, just take me, take me somewhere. Drop me off here, I got it from here, I know where I want to go now. This is costing me too much. <laughs> and your surge prices, Lord, oh Lord. <laughs> I'm sure, I'll tell you, I take a joke too far. All right. Um, <laughs> um, the sooner we realize that God just wants to be with us um, is the path to a deeply formed life. Because God is, God is the pearl of, of great price. God is the treasure of all treasures. So um, if I was just thinking, if someone told me, um, you're a 7-Eleven, and you know behind the counter they have a lottery tickets, right? If someone said, man, in, in row C, like the jackpot's in there. Like I, I would spend everything I had and buy the whole spool. Because I know... Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be rich, <laughs> and it's going to far exceed anything that I give in this moment, though it might seem foolish. And when God tells Abraham, I am your great reward, he is saying, there's nothing in the world that outvalues what you'll have in me. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, and he says, like, there's, there's treasure in this field, there's a pearl of great price, they're saying, Get by the field. Get rid of everything because this is worth everything. You with me?
Everybody just let me know that you're with me. All right. Um, this, is, this is what Enoch realized. This is what he realized in six, after 65 years. God is worth everything. He realized it in his life's pursuit for the next 300 years was getting to know God. Verse 6 in Hebrews says about Enoch, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Enoch didn't come to God to make a name for himself. He came to God because he found out that God can be found out. He realized that God was the reward. And that's what kept him coming back. So you, I talk about my kids often. Um, and so oftentimes I'll tell them, hey, hop in the car, let's go. Where, where are we going, Dad? Um, how long is it going to take? What, what's our objective? What, what are we looking to do? What, what will I gain? Um, and I don't, I don't tell them. I'll just say, just come. Um, and whoever comes, they get to go. Every once in a while, some, one of the children will speak up and go, hey, guys, only good things happen when we go with dad. Like, when we go with dad, good things happen, so you might not know what's going to happen, but we have years of experience finding out that good things happen. And a lot of times, I should have went. What if we begin to see that God has good for us? What if we looked at our walk with God as like, man, this is good because God actually wants good things for his children. What if we looked at our walk of, with God as not as guilt or compulsion or duty, but a relationship that God wants to deepen because God purely just wants to be with you? How would that transform how you start your week, your month, your brand new year, that God just wants to share his heart with you and help you to realize how loved you are what if that's it but we said just this I want you to sit here and I just want to tell you how much I, I love you and I want to let you know that I see everything that's happening in your life and I have good for you and I'm here and then there's nothing that can change that if you missed your devotions oh man yeah you're heaping on guilt but I'm here and I love you what if this is just to get you to the place where you begin to say God can we go somewhere God, can we hang out? What if this is for God to shift your heart to say, God, can I spend time with you? It could have said in this passage, Enoch lived and died, but it says that he walked with God. This is something that God wants us to see. Walking with him is possible. Walking with him it's a beautiful thing, and I believe that this story is, is to whet our appetite for what's possible. He rewards those who diligently seek him. He rewards those who seek him out. This is, this is all I have to say today. Seek him out. This is our aim and mission in life. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a dad. My primary identity is a son of God, and I want to be with my heavenly Father. That's where my identity rests. God wants to spend time with me. God is not trying 
to humiliate me or shame me. He's saying, I want to spend time with you. I want to show you who I am. I want you to know who I am. And honestly, like preparing this and spending some time walking, I'm like, God, I don't know what happens in the professional life of being a pastor or a Christian, but there's too many moments where I find myself being like sterile and formulaic with you. Why can't I just talk to you? Why can't I just tell you like what's really going on? Like I, I'm a little frustrated, I'm a little tired, I'm, I'm a little bored on this vacation. I was expecting it to be a little bit more. I was expecting this. I was expecting the nostalgia to change my heart a little bit more. Why isn't it, God? Oh man, I was expecting this for my kids this semester, and I think God was like, "That's it. Talk to me. Walk with me." Like from the realness and the honesty of your heart and invite me in. See, Enoch, what he did was he decided to have this daily posture. He says, God, I'm here for you. And he kept doing it. And he kept doing it. It says that by faith it's impossible to please God. Faith isn't a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. He says, God, I've trusted you with that in the past. I'm going to trust you now. I'm going to trust you tomorrow. I'm going to trust you next week. I'm going to keep coming to you. I'll end with this. Henry Nouwen says this. In the spiritual life, the word discipline means the effort to create some space in which God can act. Discipline means to prevent everything in your life from being filled up. Discipline means that somewhere you're not occupied and certainly not preoccupied to create that space in which something can happen that you didn't, that you hadn't planned or counted on. And church, I just, I want us to be a place and the people where we create space for God to show up in our lives. Not from a place of striving or achieving or working for God's love, but knowing that you're loved by God and moving out into the world from that posture. Amen.